BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This episode of Lipstick on the Rim is brought to you by the House of Chanel. Chanel introduces a new generation of sustainably developed skincare concentrated with the extraordinary anti-aging properties of the red camellia flower. Numero 1 de Chanel harnesses the powers of this uniquely resilient ingredient to address the five signs of aging and support skin's vitality. The complexion appears younger, smoother, radiant and revitalized. Numero 1 de Chanel, beauty ahead of time. To learn more about the line, visit chanel.com. Hey, I'm Molly Sims. And I'm Amisha Gormley. We're two girls obsessed with one thing, beauty. Beauty. And by that, we mean everything that makes you look and feel beautiful. We're calling on our favorite health experts, industry insiders, and friends to answer all your beauty questions. With a drink in hand. Definitely with a drink in hand. (laughs) You're listening to Lipstick on the Rim with Molly Sims. All right, so on today's Lipstick on the Rim, we have a guest co-host. Emisha is out for the week. Mary Alice Haney is visiting us this week. M.A. is a producer, a celebrity size, and she has an incredible line, Haney, H-A-N-E-Y. It's on Net-A-Porte, Nordstrom's Intermix. Everywhere you could find it, she's incredible. She's one of my best friends, and she is one of the biggest connectors I know. And so happy to be here. We are so happy. We are so excited for today's guest. He is a global artist, a creative director, a celebrity artist. He has done everyone from Our Baby to Mary J. Blass, Serena Williams, Christy Teigen. He is quoted as saying he looks at makeup as an emotional pickup. We are so excited to have Sir John with us today. He got his big break assisting Pat McGrath and Charlotte Tilbury, their makeup teams during fashion. He's worked with everyone and anyone. And he is a very big deal that Mary Very big deal. And I have him here in studio in LA. And he's gorgeous. And he's gorgeous. And he has the best Louis Vuitton jacket and Kelly Green (laughs) that I've ever seen that I want to steal. How did this all happen? Uh, I mean, well, first of all, Molly, that was some kind that you need to be a publicist <laughs> also also, or run an ad firm. I feel blessed to, you know, have a really strong mom. So my mom is super strong. Like she could, she's like Wonder Woman. But she basically taught me about, you know, self-care when we were kids. We had to prioritize that and also leave her alone <laughs> when she was taking a bath or, you know, when she needed a moment for herself. So as a child, we just knew how to check in with ourselves or lean in or, you know, it was, we would come home from school and she would ask us, what did the teacher say? Not what she say. How did she say it? So we were always in, um, emotionally in tune. And so that kind of happened. Uh, I kind of brought that al- along with me. 
and didn't leave that. But I'm a feeler. So, you know, I'm a feeler. I feel things and I want other people to feel things. Beauty is a feeling. You know, it's not about what, how you look. It's about how you feel. You know, when you feel better, everything looks better on you. You know, so it's someone asked me yesterday, you know, what is your best fashion advice? But my best fashion advice is to do the work, you know, do a temperature check to see how you feel and, yeah. and, and uh, where you're going. And then everything else is just swaggier and sexier and, and cooler and it fits better, it seems like. But um, where, how did I get here? I started in school for art and um, art history since I was six. And then moved to New York City <laughs> with 400 bucks. How old? How old I was, were you? I was 19. I want to say I was 19. My first. So uh, you moved from Buffalo to, to New York City? Buffalo. I went to Atlanta for like six to eight months. And then I got a job in, in Atlanta at the Mac counter in Atlantic. And then they immediately <laughs> sent me to immediately sent me to New York. And I didn't know anyone. I didn't have any friends there. So I just started working there and just, you know, and life began. I remember getting fired from Mac at 23. Shout out to Mac Cosmetics. I still love you guys. <laughs> you know, I'll By rock the way, with you, you guys. know what my husband says? That? Everybody gets fired at some point. You oh, yeah. have to. Everybody needs yeah. to get fired There's, at some point. Every setback is a setup yeah. for a comeback, you know? And so… Wait, say that one more time. Every setback is a setup for a comeback. I love that. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, so basically, I was like, oh my God, my life is over. You know, I'm 23 years old at the time. And then I just remember I completely left makeup alone at that time. And I started to do the windows um, and start to… I was passing Henry Bendel's. And the Henry Bendel's is a department store in New York. It doesn't it no longer exists on 50th But at the time, Henry Bendel's… Yeah. The bomb. Was Barney. It <laughs> yeah. was Prada. Yes. It was Gucci. I and mean, the windows the were… The brown and white stripe. The bags. The bags. I mean, we're… Candles. You know… You're on Fifth Avenue oh in New York City. It's old school. Yes, you know it. Big you know brownstone, it. 17 floors. Yes. Phenomenal. Bendels. Bendels. Henry Bendel. So yeah, so I saw everyone, you know, I was walking down the street, walking down Fifth, and I saw these this movement of trees and all these things going into the store. So I was like, what's happening? I just started talking to one of the guys. He happened to be the director of visual. And I was like, well, can I do this with you guys? Like, what are you, you know, what are you doing? And I just didn't have anything to lose. Not lose, but also… I'm not afraid of a no, you know? And also, if someone gives you a no, well, when women say no, no means no. But, you know, when you hear it, it just means that I can't do this with you. Maybe there's other options for me to do these things elsewhere. So I never looked at doors that were closing as this is the stop or this is the ultimate finish. So he's like, hey, you know what? We do need some freelancers come in tomorrow and you're going to have to spend the night in the store like everyone else does. And because you go in at 7 p.m. and leave at 7 a.m. It's like the bippity boppity boop of Retail. And so I started to do merchandising there at Barney's and then also, no, sorry, not Barney's, uh, Birdolph Goodman and the men's merchandiser at Gucci for a while. And that completely was just another world. And for like two years, that was, that was my thing. Then I remember running into Pat McGrath's lead assistant at, you know, on 56th Street. And he's like, hey, you know, and we were Mac buddies back in the day when we were like 18, 19. He's like, hey, man, I'm working with this lady. Her name's Pat. And, you know, we're, we're, at, we're doing some what shows. What year was that? This was like 13 years ago. Pat McGrath, if you yeah. if the listeners don't know, is probably one of the most iconic makeup artists. Yeah, she's the queen. She's, the, she's yeah. the queen. She's the queen. She's the queen. She's there's a couple queens. There's yeah. Bay, and then there's, there's Pat a couple McGrath. queens. There's you know what? It's like Game of Thrones, guys. And there can be multiple queens in multiple kingdoms. <laughs> and, you know, so whenever someone says, "Oh no, they're not the queen. This is the queen," there can be many queens at the queens. Time. <laughs> she, she's still a queen, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so he's like, "Hey, listen, come to the show at, at the tents at you know Bryant Park at the time." And so I went to a show and so, you know, I, I was like, all right, whatever. You know, I, I, I had my kit, but 
also at nighttime, I was still, I was doing makeup at a strip club in Queens in Astoria called Riviera. Shout out to the girls. Hey, Rivies. Hey, Rivies. <laughs> and just for cash, you know, and I just remember like, that was just, you know, kind of the thing I was doing. I wasn't taking makeup seriously. So I went, so I met Pat McGrath. She was like, hey, listen, are you going to be in Italy or Milan two weeks from now for the Italian shows? And I was like, uh, sure. Yeah. Of course <laughs> I, 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 I had no, I didn't have a passport and I had to rush that. And also I didn't have a way to get there. I had tons of bills. You know, I'm like early 20s. So I went back to the club that night and talked to the girls. And I'm like, hey, this is what happened to me today. It was kind of a cool day. But I got this opportunity, but I can't go. And they were like, oh, okay. So I remember going back the next night and they had a jar of like cash they put together. They put together $2,200 for me <gasps> in fives and ones, guys. <laughs> and they twerked me to Milan, you know? And I, I, that's my first passport stamp they was They twerked me to Milan. Milan. They twerked me. And you, <laughs> yeah. that is incredible. Oh. I know, I'm like getting teary because… You guys, Milan fashion yeah. shows, it's like, it's bigger than life. And yeah. you're like… Especially back then. Especially oh, yeah. pre, back This then. is guys, this is pre-Instagram, oh. pre -influ no influencers. There were only, in the front row, there were editors <laughs> and celebrities, you know, and… Yeah. Major kind of celebrities. Yeah. Them. You know, it was yeah. like the, everybody that was, anybody was sitting in the front row. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And this, and you have the, the context is there was no sight inside of that world, you know, because Instagram… Kind of kill, you know, radio killed the music, uh, the mm -hmm. video star, or whatever. But how does it? How do they say? Radio killed the video, video killed the, ra killed the radio, radio star. star. <laughs> <laughs> so no, so basically, found myself in Milan, and I remember the first show I went to was Dolce, and then after that, she's like, "Hey, listen, um, I'm going to take you to Prada." So I was like, "She took you to Prada." Took me to Prada. And is she teaching you at this point? Are you like well, no. explain to everybody so, what you're yes, doing? So, as well. yes. Explain how yeah. Pat works guys, with her teens, guys. So mind you, it's like it's like. It's, if you can only see the inside, there there was such fierce competition for her attention between the artists. So it was I wasn't used to that level of of that because I'm not a I don't believe in competition so much. I just believe in and I don't even think we should teach it to our children as much, you know, because it's unhealthy. It doesn't teach you really about a win and what a win means emotionally. But I remember getting there and so doing makeup and so she she would come around and see or someone else would come around and see. And long and as no one's saying anything. she creates anything, the look. Yeah. Okay. What you have to understand is she… She creates she, the… She's, she, does, she does the test. She does the test. The night before or the day before with her lead uh, assistants. And so at, you know, at the designer studio or whatever that looks like, travels with two suitcases full of books. And then as references. So I remember, you know, doing some looks and she approved or, you know, she didn't have anything to say. So that's good. And so I kept going. And I kept doing more people. And I just remember starting to see a line of… Of black girls. Like, you know, I, I remember meeting Joan Smalls in Milan. That Joan Smalls? Mm. Yeah. I was just with her. Joan, uh, that's my babe. Oh, I yeah. just was with her. We went to Couture for um, Zoo Hair. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, my God. I love year. a lot. That. It was amazing. That. Wow. That was a good front row boo. That's a… She was fun. Yeah. So, no, meeting all the girls. And, you know, it was one of the… I guess they felt comfortable. You know, have, knowing someone could really take care of them the way other women backstage were always taken care of. Well, um, and at the time, Pat, I mean, she was probably the only major black makeup artist. Oh, I mean, at her level, she still at is. At her level. But there was no diversity. I remember, you know, being on sets. So I, after, you know, skipping ahead a little bit, I remember being on sets, you know, with Charlotte Silbury and Mauro Tessino or Stephen Mizell, Ernie Leibovitz. And you don't see any people of color. You know, you can go months without seeing anyone who looks like New York. You right. know, because when I was living in Harlem at the time, and when I walk outside, it's so multiculti. It right. looks like the world, you know. And fashion was not, and has not, been always the the vehicle or the mirror of what really is happening in society. But I remember after I left Prada, she sent me to Naomi's hotel room, and so oh, Naomi <laughs> Campbell, oh my God, oh Naomi Campbell, we love and yeah, adore, love her. 
And I idolized her so much, like, you know, just because of, I've never seen anyone do that. You know, I'm, I'm someone who is like beautiful, brown skinned woman who is like, you know, making sure that she, we even having a masculine mentality in terms of the way she needs her numbers. To, uh, like she wants the same thing as her other counterparts. Like it's a really powerful look on girl power and business now. But back then it was like unheard of. Right. She but was to fierce. stand up for yourself in that way. So I remember, and I liked her and she liked me. So I was rocking with her for a while. I remember coming back to the States and like, oh, wow, this is so cool. Going back into the strip club because it wasn't all roses. I was still having to work, you know. And then I remember meeting Charlotte Tilbury. So Charlotte, I got a request to go start working with her. And I love Charlotte Tilbury. Still to this day, she calls me. She checks in on me. She's the one who, I remember in 2010, backstage at Tom Ford's first women's wear show, she oh. introduced me to Beyonce. So basically, there was a list of people like she wanted me, you know, we're all getting together. And guys, <laughs> at the time, I was the best assistant. Now, I don't know, we're, we're in an era <laughs> now where people are not like, they don't love to be in the background of anyone else's foreground. But how I got here is by knowing that I need to be a destination as an assistant. When I get in, when we get into the building, I'm going to go and make sure everything is set. Every, whatever needs to happen is going to happen because I need to support this lady who's bringing me along, you know? So my ego, I didn't have any ego. I just was so happy to be in the room. I think it's a super great point because people are always asking me in fashion and probably with you, how do you get there? How do you get there? I'm like, assist. Assist. Find someone that you think is amazing and say you'll do anything for them. Yep. And they don't do it anymore. It's, it's the best way to learn. They think assisting is a negative thing. Yeah. 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 It's a great thing. You learn what you were saying. You were on set styling, you know, Sarah, Jessica, Jessica Parker, and yeah. all of SJP, them. SJP, I love SJP. And you're like, this was a moment and I learned so much. Oh my God. Those are the, yeah. I mean, you know, those are the, so I love hearing you say that because I think that is so valuable for anybody starting to try to do anything. I don't care if it's an astronaut, find an astronaut you want to assist. I mean, it just, it's the best way to learn. You can't lead until you can effectively follow someone. You can't be a great leader until you know what it's like to, you know, inherit all of the trouble and the drama, but not, but still be able to go home as an assistant. It's not really your job. <laughs> <laughs> but I just can't believe the dichotomy of your life back then. You're doing Tom Ford. I mean, you know, you're meeting Beyonce. You've just done Naomi Campbell. And then you're also working in the strip club. I mean, you're, yeah. you know, you're, it, it doesn't happen overnight. Even when you're doing these amazing things, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes a lot of, you know, relationship building and hard work. But you know, also, I believe heavily in a vibrational alignment or just mm -hmm. basically being in alignment. And it might sound corny to some or like, you know, like spooky or whatever that looks like. But just being in alignment with and, and the frequency with what you want is powerful. And, and also making sure that you realize what's not on that frequency. It's almost like, you know, Hot 97 in New York or it's this radio station. <laughs> so I remember meeting B and… Daphne Guinness that day, Noah had Joan, Julianne Moore, and then also and, and Beyonce. So I'm like, okay, was well, there is there a, a model named Beyonce? <laughs> Beyonce? <laughs> Who is this person you want me to? And they're like, no, it's the singer. The Charlotte was like, I was like, oh, oh my god, are you serious? Like, That's were you child, nervous? Baby. Were you nervous? I mean, I was a soup. I am. I'm still. I'm still a super fan. And at the time, I was like, I can't do this. So I went to the bathroom to collect myself. Like, okay, <laughs> my hands were sweating. Like, okay, I had to. I called my mom, and I was like. She was like, listen, she puts her pants on one leg at a time, just like you do. But it, this is the most important smokey eye. <laughs> you're gonna have to do. ever do in you're your You're going to have to do for a bit. So I went in and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be myself. So I was like, hey, how are you? And so, and I immediately was like, how old are you? And that's the wrong thing you ask any woman. 
And I can't believe I asked her that either. But I knew we were the same age. Or like I had, she has a couple months on me, actually. No. <laughs> Sorry, She's an older woman. But, and so we just started, and she was just nice and she was cool. I loved her hairstylist at the time, you know, or I still do. And so we just kind of started that thing. But I knew she had a really great makeup artist already. Mm-hmm. So I was like, ah, oh, I'm never going to see her again. She has, um, so Francesca Tulo. So Francesca is amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I come from a generation of people. I grew up around old school heads. When I say old school, I grew, you know, my grandmother was my best friend growing up. So I have such a reverence Respect. for a generation that has been here and sh- paved some space for myself or whatever that looks like. I grew up around all of the, if you look at the music I listen to, it's kind of like, you know, that space. And I feel like we should all, you know, learn or take from that space because everything is so microwave right now. But I digress. So I remember that Francesca had, you know, she was working with Elizabeth Taylor, mm-hmm. Diana Ross, all of the diamond ads um, or Elizabeth Taylor's diamond fragrance. And so I just remember she had all that thing and I couldn't do what she did. I knew how I'd do my makeup, but I couldn't do what she did. And because I hadn't been doing it for that long. And so I just remember, damn, I'm never going to see her again. So I remember getting a call to go to- Let me ask you one quick question. Do you remember the smoky eye that you did on I do. I do. (laughs) It was like a chocolate brown shimmer, individual lashes on top, and just, and my secret sauce is the glowy, light reflective situation. I knew- We're going to talk about that. (laughs) And that's from being an artist. Yeah, yeah. And it's all about lights and shadows, Mm -hmm. all about reflection. That year changed my life. Like there, <laughs> like honestly, legit, it did. And but you changed your life. Yeah, I didn't take it for granted. I just and also, you know, even when I go when I work around celebrities now, you're invited back. Like you're not always so guaranteed. True. Can you're you not, say that one more time? You're invited back. Everyone thinks, oh, you know, whenever they call me back, whenever I get a re- renewed a contract, you know, I'm always grateful and I feel blessed. I know my, we know our worth, but uh, you're invited back into that space. Nothing is guaranteed. No girl or no woman is yours. And so I just remember, like, okay, this is cool, but I didn't want to get too excited because I'm like, it's, you know, I just like, oh, okay, I, I need an agent at the time. I didn't have an agent. I didn't have, you know, so Streeters came calling. Streeters was the same agency that Pat McGrath was on. And so they had to call her and get permission from her. Was it okay for me to even be on the agency in the New York roster? And so I got an agent. I remember, well, I got the call to go to Parkwood. So Parkwood is, you know, Beast Company. I got this call. I thought it was, so I'm getting these calls and I'm like, okay, I don't know this space. And they're telling me to come down. I'm like, is this IRS? (laughs) Like, Like, I didn't know. I was like, oh shit, am I in trouble somewhere? So I went to, I called and I was like, and I just like, they, you know, hey, can you come? But everything's still confidential. So I went and I saw all these photos of like Joan, uh, Jordan, Carly, Claus, uh, and Anais Mali. And, and I was like, Natasha Poli, what is going on? And so they were like, oh, you know, this is B's office. And we want, you know, you to go on a tour with her and, and do a, like this thing. They, we want to put Stop you on, under contract, basically. And I was like, okay, okay. And, but the thing is, and I always say this story. I remember having a, a conversation with Angie, who's her cousin. And at the office, and this is, we always joke about it now, but she told me at the time, you got to remember, there was no Instagram, there was only Twitter. And so they said, well, Instagram was a baby or something like that, maybe. Well, you can't say that you work with, right. you can't say you have, in terms of like, uh, you know, confidential, confidentiality, you can't say you worked on this, you can't say that you're doing this. I was like, well, I get, well, even when it's out, even when it's released. And so, you know, no one claims, you know, or people don't do that here. And I was like, oh my God. And I thought about it. And I was like, well, this is not for me. I'm I, so yeah. glad did you, you really? did that. And I, and I was, was I basically, I kind of turned it down at first. And so I remember talking to, and I was so, I, I cried. I was like so upset with myself. But I was like, I, I just started to build something for myself. I can't go underground for eight months to a year. Yeah. Like it's going to be suicide for my career right now. So 
I just left. And I just remember getting a call back and they're like, okay, yes, we can do this, but everything has to be approved. You know, you can't, they gave me a list of things that, that, that protocol. And I'm like, okay, I'm cool with the protocol, right. but you know, just like, you know, her or Prince or whoever, we want autonomy to our work. We're artists. You're we still, artists. You enjoy yeah. work. We still want to be able to and say, And at that hey, time going on a tour, you're creating looks. You're adding a lot. You're not even just creating looks, but you know, you're looking at mood boards and, and also turning in your own mood boards to projects and this and that. So I had a, a major celebrity that happened to me who I dressed for a major awards ceremony and I, I, it took me months and months and months and months and flying back and forth from New York, you know, the look for the after party, the look for the awards, you know, and I was so proud and so excited and she got on the red carpet and they were like, you win the award, you're the most how did you come up with the, your look? And she said, I, you know, I style myself. I just pulled it together. And I, and she was a no. massive movie star. No. And I was, yes, she did. And I was like, that's it. I'm not, I mean, that's, because that's, that's what, what, that's my work. That's, that's, so that's And my shoes are on your feet that's from so, my closet. That's so disrespectful. <laughs> but you know, also the, the gift and the curse of social media is the fact that now there's no veil. Right. There's no, this was not, this is before I started my oh, fashion yeah. company. So this was really, I had no, you, this young person starting out had the wherewithal to stand up for yourself and do that. And I, you know, I'd had a little bit longer in the business at the time, but it's, but you're time, right now. At the time, it wasn't the space. No. It wasn't this, you didn't have the bandwidth to say, you know, there we were under the umbrella or this mystical fairy dust of thinking every star looks, they dress themselves. They get mm -hmm. their own, they do their own hair. They right. do their own makeup. They just appear. They just wake up they in just the morning appear. looking fabulous. <laughs> Yeah, that's big. I'm, I'm laughing because that's, you know, there's a whole business and industry, yeah. you know, around. But now, well, thank God that social media has brought a beautiful transparency to that yeah. space. A positive about a po social media. That's the positive. <laughs> but yeah, so I, you know, so I started and I started working. I remember Miss Carter's show tour was the first tour. And then at the same time, we were filming in Australia. We started in Brazil, the self-titled album, mm. the visual album. So everything had a, you know, and at the time, it, you know, it, and then I remember the, the moment it dropped, minutes, you know, we were all waiting and we were in the tour bus, like, okay, this is about to happen. This is up. And then we were all like partying. And then all of a sudden, all of our phones were going off. like, <laughs> in the, in the, And we just basically kind of went in our own quarters. But no, I, it was a blessing to, you know, it was tough. Touring was is really tough. I'm not going to yeah. lie. I mean, I'm just going to be honest and real with you guys. It pushes you to know yourself. The level of professionalism too, you have to attain. You have to, and but also you have to have a certain sense of like, Okay, no one to say no or no one to say I'm not I'm not property because you have to realize there's a lot of moving parts. There's buses full of dancers and and this and that and and you know guys who are crew guys. So I didn't feel like I belonged to myself, you know, because I was, you know, it was a lobby call. It was just you're a, a moving suitcase in a mm -hmm. sense. And so it took a lot, you know, out of me emotionally, but I learned a lot. So no, it was a blessing. And these are sham these are champagne problems. And I just love that you're such an, you're such a, an advocate for mental health. Yeah. It's important to me because, well, it's, it's, you know, it starts in my family, but just in general, I think that it, there's so many different inter intersections. There's, you know, there's, I, when I look at socioeconomic differences in the country, when I look at cultural differences in the country, we're all coming to, you know, the plate with a different level of gas in our tank. And the gas that I'm talking about, or the bandwidth I'm talking about, is, is a sense of self. It's feeling, it's, it's feeling empowered or it's feeling uh, connected to yourself. And makeup doesn't necessarily change that or alter that. And so that's not what, listen, a lipstick helps, guys. Okay, <laughs> shout out to the brands. A good lipstick a always lipstick helps. helps. And it moves the needle, but you have to realize is that, you know, I look at so many hairstylists who are in our business, so many stylists or, you know, and 
they're only nice to the the, the talent, you know, and they're oh, yeah. only or they're only you know when we go into these rooms, even in my assistants now, I'm like, guys, don't talk. You guys get to know the crew, get to know everyone else. You know, I remember, you know, I was so excited to meet some of the, the assistants of the photographers back then. All the assistant, the junior writers were like the assistants to the big editors. My first test was Tom Monroe. He was the assistant. I can't even remember who. It was John, um, big photographer out of London. And I, he asked if I wanted to test. Tom Monroe ended up doing all my cover girl campaigns. I mean, wow. It was massive. But yeah. He's an assistant to the assistant. That's how you get in there. Yeah. Because that's the crew that you're going to grow up with. You guys all have the similar sensibilities. You know what's happening. And then you're all baby cubs. Then you turn into big cats together. Mm-hmm. You, <laughs> you grow know? up together. You grow up together. There's a generation. I talked to so many makeup artists. I remember Alora asked me to talk, do this whole thing about artistry etiquette or something like that. But guys, first of all, you have to check yourself at the door. So like, you know, as much as I want to go in and talk about my dramas that I'm having at, at home or whatever that looks like or… Hey, I'm hanging up my stuff at the door so I can have a clean palette or a clean space to start with the person I'm with. Mm-hmm. I can't meet their energy with negative energy, you know? So, and I always, when I start to do some makeup or even when we're looking at, it could be a Super Bowl, it could be the Grammys, whatever that is. How do you feel? How do you want to feel? You know, or what's the vibe? Do you ask your talent that? Every, every time. I, I check in with them before we start doing anything. Like, what's up? You know, like, where are you? Because sometimes… It, I would think, you know, I, I want to express this. You can't express this enough. We don't necessarily need to come to you guys with this whole preconceived notion of what we want to do. We can have ideas. We can storyboard. But, you know, look and see how do they feel. Like, you know, you, and that is something that's felt. It's something that doesn't take a long dialogue. You don't need to know all their business. But you can just, you can sense. And so it's not about what's said. Sometimes what's unsaid or how much she's not talking. Right. And then, okay, so today I'm going to do as minimal in there because she's <laughs> totally. in that space and I'm just going to give her a statement lip today. <laughs> and then some days we want to play, we want to do more eyes. But I do uh, love the emotional power of beauty. And when I say beauty, it's a word that also hasn't been kind to everyone. You know, I look at the makeup industry, the beauty industry, you know, the influencer YouTube space. And even when I look at big department brands like Alton Sephora, we don't always provide the safest space for, for people. And I have to, I st- I had to start saying n- not just women because, you know, we have to look at he, she, they, and her, you mm-hmm. know? And so, and when I say the safest space for people, this ultimate view of what perfection is or what, you know, the filters and the contour and the sculpting, it's like, okay, you know, and I'm happy that the pandemic happened to a certain extent. And I, I know that sounds nuts, but… No, there were some really important there's things. There's some really happened. good things that came out of it. We were headed over a cliff. You know, we were heading over a cliff in the ultimate cookie cutter version of of someone else's look. Even when I talk to editors, guys, don't ask me about a celebrity that we're going to attach this to. Let's talk directly to the women, to the people. Mm-hmm. How, like, let's immediately empower them. We don't necessarily need to say, this was so-and-so's look. This is how to get it. No. How do you want to get it? How do you want to feel? I, I, with my brand, I felt the same way. You know, I've worked with a million celebrities and they've worn my clothes, but it's really every woman has a superpower. Mm-hmm. And how can I help them find their superpower with my clothes. And that's how I kind of feel with your makeup. You're really empowering women because it is… Tell me it, about that superpower. I love that. What is that? I think every woman has a superpower. Every my woman super, has a superpower. My superpower is I have body dysmorphia, the opposite. <laughs> so I walk into a party and yeah. every supermodel in the world is there. But I am I literally will say to my husband, I was definitely the hottest person in that room. Come on, give me, bring sure, it in. Bring it in. Bring it for in. sure I was. And he's like, yeah, but Cindy Crawford was pretty good too. I'm like… <laughs> But I think every woman, I mean, every woman has it. And it's about, you know, with clothes, with makeup, it's 
we have the gift of being able to give women armor or jewelry for their body or their face or, you know, it's just, you know, and be able to be artistic. Was COVID hard for you at the beginning when it just seemed like, you know, red carpet stopped, concert stopped? I mean, how did you, what did you, Mm. what lesson did you find in that? Well, guys, I I do, I feel really blessed to have, have contracts. So Mm -hmm. like my career shifted. He has L'Oreal. He has NARS. (laughs) So my career shifted a lot. Before that, when I was freelancing, it would have been a problem. Right. When I was only freelancing, it would have been like an issue. And so what I did is when as soon as it started, I just kind of immediately started to call all of my friends in skincare. Tata Harper. I remember Dr. Barbara Sturm. All of these brands. L'Oreal had… So guys, can can we send the hospitals as much product as possible? And so that's what we were kind of doing behind. And shout out to Tata Harper and Dr. Barbara Sturm and all of these brands. I mean, like they really sent cases in box. And and again, to uh, Frontline, because it broke my heart to see that all of this bruising no, from the mask. You're right. The I, we didn't even think about yeah. that. I mean, you saw it and you were just… It was horrible. nuts. And so that… So I kind of worked… And then uh, there was a Support Creatives. Uh, there, there was an initiative that started there that… So I started doing masterclass to… But the money that was raised, we go back to creatives in different spaces. So, and so I just, you know, when I immediately just jumped into like, how can I, what can I do for other people? And then this whole, the summer of unrest. And then I just realized there was one space at the top of the pandemic that I was like, okay, we're all on these Zooms. Because I was Zooming a lot. So I I also, I feel really blessed that I I don't have, I shifted my career where I'm not, my clients aren't people as much as they are companies now, you know? And so… But I remember being on these Zooms, but my soul is being knocked being to the ground daily because of what was happening in terms of George Floyd and then police. And mm-hmm. so, and I just remember looking at a few other people on Zooms. And these are across different companies, you know, in and out. And seeing, look at some of my counterparts and peers, and they're just ghosts. Or they're, I can see that the soul, their soul is gone. And that is what, and then I remember, you know, oh my God, I was in Hancock Park. I live in Hancock Park. And then I started seeing people walk through my neighborhood with signs. And I was like, oh, really? What's going on? And then, you know, and then we're protesting. And so I was on the front line every, for every protest, every, you know, and this is the thing. It's, there's no easy way to express yourself. There's no easy way to create change, but, but being vocal or, and we all have a different job to do. And so I, my job, I, I went to the grocery store to Ralph's, packed up my G with uh, tons of water. And I was just like giving water to all the people. And so I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to go with you guys. So, you know, I started that kind of thing. But I'm like, how can I bring some of this energy back to the space that really matters? So for me, I started applying a little bit of pressure to, to the ad firms and to the PR firms who are the gatekeepers in our business. And when I say the gatekeepers, you know, I look at, you know, how much you guys invest in me, but I don't count. Because I'm, you know, when I say I don't count, I'm Googleable and all this other kind of stuff. It's not about how you treat me. How are you treating other Black creatives, other BIPOC, you know, Black Indigenous people of color, other women, even even someone who is trans who wants to express their story about skin. Do you even look their way Mm -hmm. right now? So that's the work that we need to do. And so holding brands is something that I still am really serious about. And it's, it's in the DNA of who I am. Even so I don't work with companies unless I know what their commitment to diversity or inclusion looks like. You literally have been an incel birdie for artists who are changing the game for diversity. And it's incredible. I mean, what you've done and just think about it. 10, 13, you've only been in this business for 13 years. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? That's insane. All right. So we want to talk a little bit about what is the backseat face beat? Oh my what God. What does that mean? Oh shit. Okay. So I remember we were in Vancouver and 
I was in VC. I remember that we have 40 minutes to show time. And her plane hasn't hadn't arrived. Is this Beyonce? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry, I sorry, sorry. sorry, I didn't know who it's it was about. It's just about Beyonce. I said backseat me, face me. So we were, you know, so she fl- she flies into each show. And so um, we were, I was waiting. Like, okay. So the thing is, guys, makeup artists, we always get the last. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. I'm totally. going to keep it real. I'm going to keep it real. And I have hair to say Hair gets this. it all. Hair gets it all. Well, first of all, before hair gets in, you know, a stylist, they have more space to create a moment with, talent because you guys come in first. You set the tone. You you know, I do what I do based off of when you leave and what you left, you know? And so I come in, we look at the dress or come in, we figure out like, okay, what can we add to this? Then hair gets a lot of time. And she's got a lot of hair. She likes to change it often. (laughs) (laughs) And so I remember, we always get scraps and I'm like, why? This is so unfair. Like, you hate me. Like, why did you do this to me? You hate me. And so, oh, I got, you know, but the thing is, I'm, I learned how to be really fast mm-hmm. in a strip club. So I can do, like, you know, to get it together in a couple minutes. But don't, let, let me tell you, anybody who's doing makeup in the audience, <laughs> don't let people know how quick you are because they'll never give you any more time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Once they know Once it, Once they know you can do something minutes, in 20 minutes, you're never going to get 45 minutes again. But yeah, I, I forgot where I was going with that. Yeah. That's, so you basically, oh, yeah, did, so you basically did her in 30 minutes. No, in the back seat. So in the SUV, she, and I was like, well, we're going to do this here. We have to. I'm like, well, can we wait till we get to state? We don't have any time. So I just remember like, you know, just leaning over the passenger seat and just trying to like anchor my feet and somehow. Oh my God. And then she holding her like jaw and neck so she doesn't move and then just giving her a situation and the wings had to be even when we got there and they were. <laughs> All right. So let's talk. Let's, we're going to talk eat for your skin, a little bit of makeup. Yes, yes, yes. And beauty. Okay. All right, we are with Sir, Sir John. He's gonna, major hacks you think every woman should know when it comes to makeup. Major hacks. I think that, okay, so I'm gonna go in a different direction. So I really believe heavily in what you ingest. Before you go into makeup, before you go into lipstick, how are you living? You know, and when I say living, making sure that, hey, do I t- take care of my gut health? Gut health is so important for your complexion. Probiotics, you know, start with some kind of enzymes. A basic form, you don't have to have, you don't have to be the Wizard of Oz to start but just an entry, a great entry point is make sure that I'm giving my gut some good bacteria. Also, postbiotics for skin are the next wave. So great bacteria for the skin and not stripping the skin. I think we grew up in a generation of, in order to have nice skin, maybe I need to strip it. Maybe I should use more chemicals, more salicylic or a, a peel, every, you know, so much more. And I think that we should dial back how much we strip our skin. What is a postbiotic? So postbiotic is basically, you know, it's a good bacteria for the skin that is almost like, when you look at a lactic acid or mm-hmm. a milk bath or, you know, something like that, it happens to slough off dead skills, but really gently um, and offer a soothing. It's more serious hydration, but it's also good bacteria. They have sprays even. I'll tell you what, bad bacteria on the topical area of the body creates odor. So I say it like this, guys in the balls <laughs> or, or underarms or on anyone, that's what bad bacteria do. So when you feed good bacteria, it gives you a neutral palate or a neutral pH to work from. And so that's kind of, um, that's something I'm working on to. Well, I was going to say, I don't think there are that many out there. So So that's a great I'm getting ahead of myself and I shouldn't talk too much, but. We will be fans. We will. Okay, cool. We saw a video that you did titled on Instagram, Eat Your Skin. Eat Your Skin Care. So carrot juice, for example. Okay, if you go somewhere, give yourself 72 hours. This is a quick hack. So three days before, I want you guys to just try to shave off all salt. Uh, or as much salt as you can. You can have the you can have the margarita, just no salt around the rim, because what it does is it retains uh, too much water around the eyes, too much water in the face. Carrots are great. Beta carotene is amazing because what carrots. it does, carrots, squash, anything orange, pumpkins, 
it increases cell turnover. So imagine eating like a great chemical pill, but in carrot form. So you want those carrots. You want carrot juice if you can. I'm a juicer. I love to juice things because I don't like to crunch and eat raw vegetables. But that is really amazing. Also, kale. Kale is great because it has 650%, guys, quote me, Google it, of vitamin K. And vitamin K increases circulation. So when you're looking in the mirror at dark circles or sluggish complexion, you know, lackluster, you know, skin, maybe if, even if it's dry, it's just possibly lack of circulation, lack of hydration. So just those things mm. can completely impact your complexion. And then a lipstick helps. Let's talk makeup. Mm-hmm. Do you like heavy foundations? Do you like tinted moisturizers? Do you first start with skincare? Do you, oh, yeah. what's your prep? If a woman is listening and she wants her makeup done by Sir John and she has to do it herself, what would she do? So the prep starts with what you're eating, A. I just can't, I can't stress it enough. And so, and that definitely changes everything. But in terms of what do I, well, how would I start prepping? So prepping for me starts in the skincare level. I'm a huge skincare freak. I love skincare. I try it all. I believe in natural and chemical. It's nothing wrong with a little filler Botox if you need it as well. But I will say that, you know, you want to make sure that you are, you know, really hydrating. If your skin seems flaky, even after you're moisturizing, or if, especially around this time of the year, we always have broken capillaries around the size of our nose. So give yourself a mild scrub. Give yourself, you know. What's a, some of your favorite brands? Favorite brands for skin, I would say Dr. Barbara Sturm, mm-hmm. for sure. I do love Tarte Harper because it's very natural and it's not going to make anyone who's sensitive erupt. I have a really bad rosacea on my cheeks and it calms me down a bit. And I would say after that, I'm all over the place. I have a little bit of Korean stuff. Or Here's the ultimate hack. If you listen to nothing else, I say. You want to make sure that you're applying your foundation or tinted moisturizer while your skin is damp from your moisturizer. So while your skin, after you put your skincare on, your skin is wet. You ha- you're in a race to put on your foundation or whatever that looks like. Because once your moisturizer dries, your foundation just adheres in a really organic way. And it just looks like it's airbrushed on. So that's kind of the, and I love a beauty blender. And a shout out to beauty blender, Rianne. My, that's my homegirl. By the way, I'm obsessed. I, I, I love them. I love them. Okay. And here's another hack. So long day, you've been at work, you've been out in the city, whatever that looks like, uh, running errands. And you're like, I want to rejuge my makeup. Maybe I have dinner tonight. All you have to do, this, this is something I learned, is just reset the concealer. You can have a full face. Don't change everything. Just take a wipe or take a makeup remover and a water base, not oil. And then, you know, take off your concealer underneath your eyes, around the sides of your nose, your chin, maybe between your brows and reapply. You know, take a little moisturizer, tap a little bit of hydration right into that area again. And this can happen in three minutes. Reapply your concealer, you have a brand new face. And when you're working with a 20-year-old mm-hmm. or a, let's say a 40 or 50-year-old, how do you do their makeup differently. Yeah. So I love mature women just in general. And I don't believe well, we should. Well, I love her. We love you. Let me tell you. just heard that. Yeah, because there's also, every, you know, when you're eight, when you're, you know, you can do so much. That's true. But there's a beauty in, you know, a little bit more of an expression. And also, I think it's fun to teach people how to lift the eyes or how to, you know, the conversation of your face changes. It adapts as we become more mature. And so, guys, I want us to stop talking about anti-aging. Let's pro-age. Oh, by the way, I hate the word. I hate the word anti-aging. I hate it too. I hate it. And also, you got the, well, this is all coming from the Mad Men era of marketing. Concealer. Why do we want to conceal? Like Highlight. It's highlight. Illuminate. All these things, you know. Radiate. But they were made to put holes in us, you know, to sell a product. All of these names, these phrases. But how do I change? What do I do differently? So I just want to make sure that I go really emollient or hydrating. I don't like to use a lot of powder in general on anyone. It doesn't really? matter if you're 8 or 88. 
Do you use any like a Laura Mercier translucent? Do you use any I MAC like, or any what? Do I like you use the powder makeup, at all? Makeup Forever HD Loose is that. It's, it Explain works. what the HD is about. It's a white powder from Makeup Forever. It's you got to be careful with it, but it doesn't make you look like raccoony. When the HD, well, any brand, all the brands, when they first came out with their first, you know, a few tries at invisible powder or HD powder, you saw a whole myriad of celebrities on the carpet with a white stain oh, it here. Awful. It was terrible. I, I had a, I had a moment. Yeah, and but now it's different. So and it's you know and it's also there's so many different colors you can choose from. But guys, a, another hack: always use loose powder to set your uh, T zone. Or your concealer. Never use pressed powder to set your concealer. Why? Well, press, well, powder in general, especially in pressed form, is heavy and dry. So anything that's heavy and dry on, and you have to think about the eye area and the lips, the eyes and the lips, it's the weakest skin you have. It's so thin, it's almost transparent. So you're putting something like a powder foundation, something that has weight, all naturally and very dry on the most delicate surface. Think of like the eye area, it's like chiffon. You know, you wouldn't want to weigh that down with anything. So only use loose powder around to set your concealer. Never use pressed powder to set your concealer. I know that goes against all the baking and all that, but I don't bake. We don't bake. We cook. We cook. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> bake. I don't bake or cook. Okay, so if you were to tell women, what are some of the products that they need to get yes, that glow? Yes. And I did see okay. your Instagram. You did a whole thing with the NARS. Oh, oh yeah. I love NARS. NARS orgasm. has been so good to me in my career from the start. I'm loyal to the people, the brands that have been loyal to, not just me, but to the, to the artist community mm -hmm. in general. I mean, they've always been inclusive. What's some of the things women would need to get that glow? Yeah. Okay, so to get a glow, so glow is strategic also. I want to let everyone know, if you're looking at your face, well, if you're not looking at your face, just remember where your face is, right? <laughs> and so underneath your eye, if you take your finger, your index finger, underneath your eyes, so that area should not be, should always be void of shine. So on the front of your cheeks, the front of the apples should always be matte. But as you go, as you, anything past your pupils towards the sides of your face, towards your ears, can be as shiny and as luminous as possible. But as you come into the center of your face, you should always mattify. And I learned that by working on, you know, in concerts because the monitors will pick up and it just will look greasy. And It'll look like a disco ball. Yeah. And so that's, it's, it's not flattering. So always make sure that you always glow up the sides. When I say glow, an emollient highlight. Don't use a chunky shimmery powder What's again. a good emollient highlight? Like who has a great emollient highlight? I think that, you know, oh, this uh, Oma Beauty, I know that Tom Ford has nice ones. I even love to use a, a really emollient or really shiny SPF. After the face is all done, I'll take SPF because it's so beautifully waxy and hot, like shiny and just tap it onto the cheekbones. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I love the index. So don't, so dry here yes. underneath matte, your eyes. Matte, well, matte, matte here, matte under the eyes. And also your, if you're sculpting your cheeks, it should also stop at the eyes. The eyes is a really great cutoff point for contour that's coming into the face or in terms of cheek. And then also any shimmery, anything. If you have a shimmery blush, it has to stay on the outside of the face. Yeah. When you're young, you can shine up everywhere. You but, can have shine everywhere. But when you become a bit more mature, you have to be strategic with your light. Mm -hmm. Strategic with what you're emanating projection off of. Because we want to make sure it's really flattering. So I'm always really strategic with light. And I also don't believe in shining up the tip of your nose like a lot of people do. Yeah, it looks it, like, it you look like a porn star. It's not bad if that's what you're going it's for. It's just like it focuses on the tip of your nose. I like a little here on the… On the cupid's bow. But isn't like that what we used to mattify? Isn't that what we want? What everyone yes. used to go to the powder room to… To powder to your powder nose. powder your nose. Right. No, on, they're guys. like highlighting just the tip. No bueno. No bueno. A smoky eye. Okay. What's a tip? <laughs> okay, so when we think about smoky eyes… Everyone gets, a lot of people get scared, but think of, you know why? Because there's so many, everyone has a different version of smoky eye. Like everyone has a different version of one inch off of a haircut. <laughs> That's 
true. You know, so So it's really relative. So, but I want people to understand that what a smoky eye really is there for is to give the eyes a silhouette. So it's really basically taking one line or, or one color and then making sure that you wrap it all around the eyes. And so it's not really about, don't think about the color. You smudge, you can, which I love. You smudge, but it's the silhouette that it offers, and which is really flattering. And also, smoky eyes, whether they be brown, chocolate, you know, it doesn't have to be black and grainy. It can be a soft khaki. You know, it can just be one step deeper than your complexion. It's the shape. So think about smoky, not in terms of color, but in terms of shape. Mm. But when we look at uh, smoky eyes or like the feline flick or the, you know, the winging of the eyes, guys, this is old as hell. This has been around for 2,000 <laughs> years. Like, you know, Cleopatra. women in Mesopotamia, yes, were smoking, their, giving themselves smoky eyes and lifting their liners in the same direction we do now. It's not new. It's just reshop. Oh, you do such a good eye. I Thanks, babe. Oh, I, lo- I love eyes. I do love eyes. All right. So here on Lipstick on the Rim, we're going to do a little bit of rapid fire, but we're yes, going to make it a makeup edition. This is fun. So you have to answer. You guys are fun. You guys are so fun. Every question with the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Favorite red lipstick? Sephora cream stain number one. Sephora cream stain number one. Is the most flatter, universally flattering. I've never seen anything like it. Most underrated makeup item. Most underrated makeup item is going to be, I'm going to say a brow pencil. A brow pencil. What's your favorite? I think that MAC has a good one. Anastasia has a good one. But brows, even if you don't do anything, like guys, I'm a guy, right? And I, I, I love a brow. A brow gives you some definition if you don't have any color. So always take care of the hair on your face. Mm-hmm. Either really take care of it and make sure it grows like lashes and brows or get rid of the ones that you don't want to see. But I love to make sure lashes and brows are impactful, if nothing else. That's my next question. Best fake eyelashes for an event? Ooh. Oh, okay. I would say I love what Huda does. Um, I like Huda's lashes. I, do, I But also I love an Ardell Falsy uh, fluttery Aldell oh, yeah, situation from the drugstore. Yeah. I, but I, I'm an indi- individual's guy. Individual. I, indies, Me too. I, do, indies. I, think so. I think otherwise I look like spiders. Yeah. I can, I just can look hard. With indies? With uh, strips. Oh, with strips. Yeah, strips can be aggressive. And also coming from the space that we're coming from editorially, I was never able to use a strip no. in a magazine. Me neither. I would never, ne- I never, no one did yeah, that. Only an individual. Only until... I switched over into acting and then they would do more of it. I'm like, it's really LA. It's really red carpet. I know. That's when they use strips. I know. Cream or powder blush? Oh, cream all day. Cream all day. What's your favorite? Oh my God. Um, Oh my God. I love, damn, Stila had great cream blushes. And every color. They still make them, right? Yes. Okay, yes. And I I have every color. Petunia, Alum, Uh, the khaki brown. I use it on my eyes, my cheeks. Worst makeup trends of all time. Worst makeup trend of all time. I'm going to say we're seeing some of them. So I don't know. I necessarily know if I want to point them out. But I just feel like I, I think we can still do the looks. We still can have the eye. We still can have the maximum lip. But just dialing down with the skin. Dial dial some of that foundation back. You don't have to lacquer yourself dial, from forehead to chin. If you need coverage. Dial baking. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's too much skin happening. I come back to a skinmalism. 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 Come, yeah. yeah. come back to the light, Carolyn. Favorite makeup trend right now. Favorite makeup trend is going to be… I love how ethereal… Like they're, mm-hmm. the, the oh, Gen Z… What's the… I don't know. I don't Gen even Z. know what Gen Z is. I say, I say, I say Gen, Gen Z. Z. So like, you know, they, there's a generation behind me who's who coming up who actually has really inspired me when it comes to makeup because their approach is just so haphazard and whimsical and they just don't care about what's trendy as long as they like it. I love that. And mm-hmm. I love that. And so that's… The, mes- the message is shake what your mama gave you. Favorite setting spray or do you use one? Caudalie Beauty Elixir has a beautiful one. I do that um, one. 
D. Alba is a brand. It's a serum spray I've never seen D. before. D. Alba. D. Uh, apostrophe A L B A, and it's it's from it's a Korean brand, but you can get online anywhere. D. Alba, and it's a setting spray or a serum. Um, it's a serum spray, but I like to use it as a mist to right. soften some of the makeup. Okay, um, must have makeup brushes. Oh wow, I must have makeup brushes. Katie Jane Hughes did a great collection recently. Who's a friend of mine, who's a makeup artist. Also, I would say Mac has always been yeah. a good brush. Tom has a great big one, like for bronzing. They should. They should. Yeah, shout out to Tom. I love Tom for it. That's a whole nother story. I, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. You can tell it. You can tell. No, that. so I saw him a few times, right? And every time I saw him at backstage, and he remem- like he always remembers, like you know, he's just like, I remember I got Install Makeup Artist of the Year 2016. This was a couple years back. And he was designer of the year that year. So our tables were next to each other. Priyanka was at his table. Nicole came in one for style of the year. And he was so, him and John Hamm came up to me after and were like, we love what you said. I was like, is this happening? Mind you, I went up there and I was like, guys, we need to hire more black people. We need to hire people of color. There are no people of color working. (laughs) Why is it not looking like it should? And I thought, mic drop. (laughs) And he's like, no, I love that, blah, blah, blah. And, And so that, but also that goes to show guys, be authentic. Speak your truth. You know, don't be in in these spaces. Especially, uh, I'm around women all day. I know we have to probably rap, but guys, it's okay to speak. Speak up, and you know. And guess what? If you're telling this, my grandmother said, if you're telling the truth, you don't have to worry about anything. So continue to tell the truth. And but also, when you do have an idea or when you do have something you want to bring to the table, make sure it translates well. So it can be a strong statement. It can mm-hmm. be like, hey, we need to make sure this is happening here, or we don't feel safe in these spaces, but. You know, don't think about just what you want, but think about how can positive change happen. And not just for myself, from being loud and, and talking about it, but from the ground up. Yeah. Our last question, Sir John. First of all, where do we get the sir? So yeah. my grandmother, my grandmother, um, all my uncles are Marines. And so my grandmother named me Sir John in 1982. Exactly. And I have, I've been talking about it ever since. I love it. Sir John, yes. if you were to give advice to your 10-year-old self, oh, wow. what would it don't, be? I don't want to get emotional. I'm not going to do this. Don't do it. <laughs> Okay, just be. Pay- I would. I put so, myself through so much like anxiety and depression in my twenties to just to to you know because I didn't go to conventional school like everyone else. I you know I couldn't afford college at the time, so just to I, it was so hard on myself. So I wish I was. I wanted. I should have been kinder to myself. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Well, you are a I mean, such a badass. You are Thank a you. force in this industry. Oh, everyone follow him at Sir John. It's two Thank words. You, babe. And you were a force, you know. We recently lost Andre Leon Talley. And, yes, yes. You know, there are certain people who just have that and you have that and you really are changing this industry. And, you know, it's so important. I mean, yes, you do incredible, beautiful, unbelievable makeup, but it's so much more than that. Yeah, than so much more that. than that, yeah. Yes. You're oh amazing. man, you guys are amazing. Thank and you. also, yeah, thank you for inviting me, guys. Shout out, you guys should see how beautiful these ladies look in person. Oh, let me tell you. Oh, there's a camera we on are. this side. Right? Oh, okay, let me cool, tell cool, you, cool. one day you'll do my makeup. Soon. Both of you guys. We soon. love it. We thank you, Sir John. Yes. Thank you, Mary Alice, of course, of course, for coming on Lipstick on the Rim. It's I never want it to end. So fun. It's so, so fun. fun. You're amazing. So fun. Thank you guys thank you, for listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Lipstick on the Rim with Molly Sims and my ride or die, Emisha Gormley. We are so excited to bring you guys along on this journey. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Lipstick on the Rim and Molly B. Sims or my website where you can dive just a little bit deeper into my favorite products, trends, and more at mollysims.com. This podcast is a production with Dear Media. 
Wanted to give a special thanks to my team, Ashley Gasparian, Schaefer Carrillo, Ashley Sanchez, and Michelle Harrison and everyone at Dear Media. Don't forget to listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss out on the fun. 